What's up, what's up? It's your favorite sex and relationship coach, aka the pussy fairy, Azaria Menezes. So obviously you've landed on the juiciest podcast if you're listening to Getting Intimate. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you have a pussy or you're a mom or you're in a relationship and you're looking to increase that pleasure and orgasm factor in the bedroom with yourself, with your body or in your relationship, or maybe you just want your pussy wet and your relationships to be the cherry on top of your Sunday sex ice cream, listen to this podcast. I'll be sharing all of my knowledge, all of my ideas, my experiences, and thoughts on this podcast with you so that you can invite new perspectives and way more essential excitement into your life. As always, try anything I say on for size and see what you like and leave the rest. Let's get intimate. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Getting Intimate. I am so, so excited to have somebody super special here on the podcast today. I'm going to be welcoming Carrie Lou Cowell. She is a dating coach for nerds and she helps people feel authentically comfortable and confident with dating so that they can find the relationships of their dreams. Like who doesn't want that? She works with all relationship styles and specializes in ethical non-monogamy, kink and BDSM. So hello, Carrie. Hello. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm just so grateful that we got to connect in this way. I know. I'm so, so excited to hear all about what you do. Oh my goodness. This is like, this is going to be juicy. I'm super, super excited. So tell me, tell me a little bit in your words, like what, what does this mean? A dating coach for nerds? Like what, what's it all about? Yeah, totally. So, (laughs) so yes, I'm a dating coach for nerds and really like what the base of my work is is working with people to uncover their authentic dreams and desires, specifically like around love and dating, sex and relationships. Um, and I mean, like that all comes like we're always in relation with other people. So it can be really hard to uncover those things yes. simply because we're getting so many messages from other people and it's easy to internalize all of those things. Yes. And I say, I mean, like, you can be a self-identified nerd. I don't really care who you are. I just (laughs) love people. Um, But, but I'm a nerd. So I love, like, the Marvel comic universe and, like, uh, Doctor Who and, like, all of these, like, nerdy fandoms. And, like, most of my time, well, these days is spent scrolling social media. but, (laughs) (laughs) But I love games. I love puzzles. Like, um, escape rooms, like all of that stuff that requires like analysis. Yeah. And because of that, like, those are the people that I'm attracted to. That's who all of my friends are. And I've had just like very early experiences that created emotional intelligence and like social intelligence in me. So like, I have a lot of friends who are nerds. Usually they're introverted (laughs) (laughs) and they have a hard time like getting out of their heads when it comes to like romance and love and dating and everything becomes so analytical or they're shy or they don't know how to like start a conversation. And I'm like, oh, I need to help. Like clearly my nerd friends are not the only nerds out there. So I need to help like people (laughs) feel comfortable with that because like there is um. There is a power in being quiet and shy and introverted and you can use that to your benefit even when you're dating even though like the world says like oh if you're dating you really have to like put yourself out there and be flamboyant and be like outgoing and you know that just doesn't work for everyone so totally 
that's kind of why I love working with nerds because it's really about taking what they are already good at and using that to their benefit in the dating space and getting them out of like their logical analysis side and more like into their body and their emotions and like, you know, be becoming more comfortable with all of the stuff that we don't really know that isn't tangible, like yeah. love. <laughs> yes, yes, completely. Wow, I love that. And that makes so much sense. Just even just being able to drop into more of their authentic selves and just being confident enough to share that, right? There's mm-hmm. so much power in that. I love that. That's amazing. Okay, so tell me more about like how, like how does BDSM, how does kink, like how does that tie into all of that? Yeah, so <laughs> so maybe surprisingly or not, like there are a lot of nerds in the ethical non-monogamous kink BDSM space. Um, and I've been, I personally, like I've been in the kink and BDSM world for like almost two decades now. Wow. And um, I sat down thinking, so one of my superpowers is connecting things that don't really seem like they would go together, right? Like who thinks like, oh, BDSM and dating, they totally go together, right? Yeah. Um, and they do like kind of, if you're into that, but if you're not into that, they don't really go together. Right. So like there's so in the BDSM kink world, there are like guiding principles, of course, for healthy, right. For healthy relationships in this world. And I was thinking like, oh man, like if we combine these things and look at it from like a dating lens and take these principles and put it into like a dating lens, whether you're monogamous or um, kinky or vanilla or like whatever, it doesn't even matter. It would make dating like so much easier. It would create so much more compassion. It would create so much more like clarity because with relationships that are ethically non-monogamous, with relationships that involve like kink and BDSM, there is a huge part of like very clear communication and yeah. a huge part of like knowing yourself really well and and expressing your needs and your boundaries and your limit. Yeah. And so if we okay, so let's roll back a little bit because maybe some of our listeners don't know what BDSM is. So like what is it? Yeah. Um <laughs> let me let me see if I remember all of the things that this acronym contains. So it's bondage, discipline, domination, submission, sadism, and masochism. If you, (laughs) I hate using this example, but like I know Fifty Shades of Grey is like super popular. Yeah. So like that, but like Fifty Shades of Grey does not portray like a healthy kink or BDSM relationship. Totally, totally. Yeah, but, but really like anything outside of like, so like vanilla really means like traditional quote unquote sex. Right. Um, so when you think like missionary position or like doggy style or like whatever. So anything like outside of that, that may seem like outside of whatever quote unquote traditional sex is, is what falls into like BDSM and kink. So the world is huge. Yeah, that's so true. And, and, and what about like the principles? So I know you're talking about like being more compassionate and really knowing your boundaries, communication, like limits, all of those things. What are some of the, the main principles that are kind of pillars of BDSM and how, like, how would you bring that into dating? Like how, how does that connection happen? So like the main principle, so there's technically like three different ones. I think there's been like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not like a shift, but just kind of like an evolution of like what this means. But I feel like it all kind of comes down to the same thing. So like the main principles 
of BDSM are safe, sane, and consensual. Mm-hmm. Exactly what it sounds like. But the, again, like I, um, there's an evolution. So like rack is another principle, which is similar to safe, sane, and consensual, but it's risk aware consensual kink. And then there was a new one that I just learned um, called prick and I'm horrible with labels and definitions. So I don't remember what exactly it stands for, but it is again, kind of along that same lines. And what that all means is that like one, you're aware of the risks because some of the things that you do in the kink world could be like knife play. Uh, It may or may not include like cutting, right? But like there are things that are inherently risky so so going into it you understand what all of the risks are right and you acknowledge that there are risks and you acknowledge that like you take full responsibility for your participation in these risky activities um and and you keep everything as safe as you possibly can right like when you're playing with knives there's just an inherent risk and you're going to do that as safely as you can Totally. So it, it like, it feels like there's a huge education piece around that too, because I think a, a lot of times people just go into it thinking like, oh, I'm just going to do this. But actually there's a lot of like planning and education that needs to go into mm-hmm. and things like that. Right. Like, I feel like sometimes people just like go at something. They're like, oh, let's do like choking. And they're, that could be really dangerous in certain ways. If you're actually not educated on how to do it correctly, how to do it safely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so funny that you mentioned that because that's like one of my kinks. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And there is like, right, there's an inherent risk in it. And, and um, there is a way to do it as safely as possible, right? So you don't like damage anything. Um, And the thing about that is like, if you look, so in the BDSM world, and I'm talking more like professionally, but also it could be because when you're looking at like kink partnerships, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a romantic thing, right? Like, or even like a, like when we're talking about like, um, I guess like penetrative sex, it doesn't have to be like a sexual thing, like the way that we think about like PIV sex or just like sex in general, like with people, like when we think about it that way, like the sexual act of intercourse. Yeah. So there are conversations and agreements that you have with whoever it is that you are, doing these acts with. And if you think about it, like from a dating lens, yes. So professionally you might have, you will have like a written out contract. So if you're like a pro dom or a pro sub, like you have a written out contract with your clients and you still have these contracts, even if it's not professional, right? Like if it's more on a personal level, maybe they're not like written out, but like you talk about it. right? Right. And if you think about it from a dating lens, you have these contracts with whoever it is that you're dating. Usually they're unspoken. Okay. So they're unspoken, but like, how do you know? Do you know what I mean? Like, don't, do you think that communication mm-hmm. of, of that is actually quite important? I do. Yes. Oh, cool. So I feel like, so if we think about like just dating in general, like taking out the sex, taking out the kink, like you go into dating and I feel like, Obviously not everybody does this, but I feel like in like 2021, a lot of us go into dating and we're like, I'm dating this person. And we assume Mm -hmm. right, that like, if we've gone on X number of dates, however many that is for you, like they're probably not seeing anyone else, but like, we never really have like a conversation around it. Right. Right. So 
there, there is this like, so really like when I say contracts, it's like the expectations that we have around dating. Well, if I go on a date with you, I expect you to pay for it. I expect you to treat me well. Like, I mean, obviously like you should always expect that. Right. Better <laughs> um, but it is, you know, I expect you to like, I don't, I'm very like, I love chivalry. <laughs> so, yeah. so like, you know, like I expect you to open the doors for me or I expect us, I expect us to have like a great conversation about politics or money or religion or like whatever. So you go into the date with all of these ideas of like how it looks or how it's going to go or like what you want from it. Yeah. Essentially creating this like unspoken contract. So if you Mm -hmm. never talk Mm -hmm. about this contract that you've created in your head and then when the other person does something that you weren't expecting, like, you just get, it feels like, cause I think all of us have been there. Like, it feels like you've been hit by a truck. Cause you're like, oh shit. Like, I didn't actually think you were seeing anybody else. Or yeah. I didn't actually think like, you know, we could talk about these things or couldn't talk about these things or that you were like a Trump supporter. Right. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, like, cause it's not just you coming into the dating with an agreement. It's like theirs too. Right. So there's actually like two mm-hmm. agreements that are happening yeah. simultaneously and you don't know, like, what lens is coloring their agreement and from their experiences and all of these belief systems and narratives and all of that. Right. So that's, that's where it gets fun to untangle that or not. I mean, like. yeah, well, exactly. Right. I know. Right. We're not because we all, I feel like deep down, we all love drama because we love that excitement and all that adrenaline that comes from like, well, what if this and what if that, but yeah, if you, if you can sit down and well, first of all, what I always say is like, create a contract with yourself, right? Yeah. Like in the, in the BDSM world, we have like hard limits and soft limits. I don't know why I'm putting that in quotes and nobody can see it anyways. <laughs> this is the podcast. But, like, but like hard limits are your absolute no. So there's certain things in the kink world that might be like, not even just your edge, but absolutely not. I will never yeah. do these things. Like, yeah. No, like, I don't care, like, how long we've been together or how safe I feel with you. I will never, ever, ever do these things. Yes. Yeah. And then, like, soft limits are, I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. It's definitely an edge. Mm -hmm. And if we have more trust or a longer relationship or, you know, whatever, something happens. Or whatever, yeah. Yeah. I could be open to that, right? So I always say, like, have a contract with yourself. Because when we go on dates, especially if we've been single for a long time or like we want to get married or mm-hmm. whatever, like if there's a big drive to be yeah. partnered, it's so easy yeah. to get lost. So in, oh my God, somebody like likes opening me, up right? the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, totally, totally. And I think that's true in general for everybody, but I think it's more true. Like if we want, like if we really desire, like, you know, the partner or the marriage or like whatever, like, that like connection. So yeah. like, if you have yeah. a contract with yourself, like literally write it down. What is an absolute no? What is a maybe? And what is an absolute yes? Then you have something to come back to yeah. when you're in those feelings. It's a, and you know, either when you're in those feelings of like, oh my God, this was a great date. I really like this person. Or even if you're in those feelings of like, holy shit, that was the worst date ever. And now I feel like crap and I hate the world and I hate dating, right? Yeah. Come back to your contract with yourself Mm -hmm. and say like, hey, this is what I'm here for. This is what I will, this is what I'm available for, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> if you have a written right? down, that's like a whole other step too, right? Right, exactly. And it just creates more groundedness in dating because I like, yes. I'm a hopeless romantic. Like when somebody likes me and I like them back, like it's just like off the charts and I can get, it's so easy to get lost in that excitement, mm-hmm. in that newness, in that like, all those hormones that are running through our body. And if they've got your love languages down and like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the pink sunglasses, Mm -hmm. just come on. Oh, absolutely. And and the thing that's funny about that, um, because we talk about like, I don't know who I talk about this with, but there's like that honeymoon (laughs) period that everybody knows about. Yeah. it (laughs) It can last three months to three years so like can you imagine like if that and I've had this happen before like when that honeymoon period lasts for like those three years you get to this point and you're like oh shit what did I get myself into <laughs> like how did I get here this is not what I wanted exactly or like you wake up one morning and you're like I can't stand the smell of your nose out breath and it's like done in that moment it is done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. awesome and how does like okay so if we're looking at the next like other BD- BDSM principles. So you've got like your list, like what else could you do to really integrate that into your dating mm-hmm. life? Like maybe <clears throat> looking at like how you're showing up or your, yeah, just tell me a little bit more about that. I'm, I'm curious about like how other aspects of that can tie in or even just like kink. So part of the kink world is radical trust and radical responsibility. Mm-hmm. And yes, more on yourself than and and other people than like anybody else though right so yeah uh, so if we're talking so I really love like my thing is power play so the domination and the submission yeah and when you're looking at things from like a dominant submissive lens like whatever role you're playing you have to trust that this person is going to take care of you like so if you're the sub which is generally how I lean, you have to trust that your dominant is going to take care of you. They, they're going to respect your boundaries. They're going to follow your like contract. Yeah. Um, and also though, as the dom, so one of the things that is um, part of the BDSM world is that is safe words. And okay. it is a word that you usually wouldn't hear in like regular conversation. It's not like yes or no, because like, for instance, if your kink is consensual non-consent, you're going to say no. And like, obviously it means yes. So you need a word that's going to pull you out of that scene and be very like, oh, like just kind of snap you out of like whatever it is that you're doing. So like, it's usually something silly like pineapple or rutabaga or like, yeah, something I don't know, that like totally out of context. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> But as if you're on the dominant side, you have to trust that your submissive is going to safe word when they need to safe word, right? And they're not going to let you like cross their boundaries. Yes, yeah. So in dating, in dating, you almost have to play both roles for yourself, right? Like trust yourself that you will leave any that you'll like safe word out right like you'll safe word out of any situation that is not good for you that is crossing your boundaries right yeah and and finding radical trust and like vulnerability because really like at the end of the day like these relationships like the kink bdsm relationships require 
so much vulnerability because you're putting out there like all of this stuff that you want to do that like turns you on that isn't considered normal quote unquote right 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 and so it's like that vulnerability aspect as well like how can you hold yourself and trust that, yeah, I, I, I love those two concepts and being able to put that into the dating world. And, and just, I, I think it also just like keeps that um, accountability so much on yourself as well, instead of like projecting it onto the other person and like coming from a place of like needing them to um, know mm-hmm. where your boundaries are. Like, do you know what I mean? It really, really puts a lot of responsibility as well and accountability on, on yourself and like, how can you hold mm-hmm. yourself through this and how can you find ways to create like that safety and like that balance between like safety and excitement and thrill and like adventure almost. So that that's mm-hmm. really, really cool. I love that. Yeah. And I want to, you know, I, I, I do want to recognize that like, obviously like there are times when like really horrible things happen and I'm not saying like no one is ever responsible for that. Like that yeah, is never yeah, that's, like the, yeah. the survivor's fault, but for sure, when, like just when we're talking about like regular dating, like, yeah, exactly. take that radical responsibility to express your needs and what you want. And And here's the thing, because the thing with dating is that we're all like, just as humans, right? We're all afraid of rejection. Yeah. And when we're going into dating, which is a vulnerable space, right? Yeah. We fear rejection so much that like, we don't put all of that stuff out there because we're like, oh, well, I just want someone to like me, like underneath all, right? Like, even if they're not for you, you're like, well, I still want them to like me. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that fear really keeps us from expressing authentically because if we were able to like come into a date and I'm not saying like, cause I know people who do this, but like, you know, there are some people who like either put on their dating profiles or go into a date and be like, and they're like, Oh, here's my list of things. If you don't meet these, like I'm out. And yeah. I'm not saying do that, but I am saying like, if you can go into it and be available for the conversation of, what do you want and what do you need in just a date, right? Like I'm coming in here and I expect you to treat me well. And this is what I really love. And this is what I really don't love. And how does that sound? Right? Like it's, yes, you're setting yourself up for possibly more rejection and you're all like, you're making the process so much quicker. Cause if someone's like, well, I'm not really into that. Like this isn't going to work out. Then you're like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. And it's Done. like um, this like Next. unnecessary dragging on of like, <laughs> mm-hmm. plus it's, it's like, you're giving that other person also the permission to be themselves as well. Right. Like when you're being yes. authentic and it's like being modeled, then the other person can just like feel more open and relax. And even just like in body language, like, ah, oh, like, okay, I can maybe let myself be seen a little more because the person across me is bringing up that like their own authenticity and just like being really authentic in who they are. Being authentic is so attractive. Like that is like attraction thing. Number one, right there. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Well, and that's the thing. Cause I, you know, I know there's a lot of stuff around dating and especially like with, <laughs> with, with like fashion or like what to wear how good you should yeah. look and I'm not saying like come into a date like sweaty and unshowered or whatever <laughs> but 
but like you can show like I've gone on dates <laughs> I've gone on a date in my pajamas and like they were all for it and that turned into like a short-term relationship that was my stuff but like <laughs> it did turn into a relationship because I put that out there so like here's the story right because this is super fun yeah we need to hear like the um, at this particular moment in my life I was working like three jobs and going through yoga teacher training and I was just like busy so I told yeah. this dude I was like we can meet for coffee for 30 minutes that's all I have and then because it was like in between like work and something else right, right? And he's like, okay, cool. So we met for a coffee and it was like, it was a really good date. And then it was like, I gotta go. I got stuff to do. Um, that's something else just as an aside, like just keep focusing on your own stuff. Like that's so, so important. Yeah. But after my like got home, was sitting on the couch in my pajamas, cause I'm a big pajama freak. Like I love being in pajamas. I love being cozy. And he texts me. And he's like, hey, I'm like driving through your neighborhood. Do you want to grab a late dinner? And I was like, mm. and I told him I was straight up. I was like, I'm in my pajamas. I'm sitting on my couch. I'm kind of in for the day. And he was like, well, come in your pajamas. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like I'm so for that. <laughs> like, yes. I will be out in public in my pajamas because this is where I want to stay. Um, and it was great. It was fabulous. Um and that's like, the and it was too. like, just come in your pajamas and you're like, fuck yeah, now right. I'm totally down for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, it was nice because one, like he obviously gave me the permission to do that, but also like, I get, I had to give myself the permission yeah. to do that. It's so easy for me because I love being in my pajamas, but I know that like a lot of people would, even if they were given that permission from somebody else would be like, oh, but I still want to like get dressed and put on makeup or like, totally. you know, like give me another 30 like, minutes. I'll be ready. Yeah. Just like forcing yourself to like, oh, well, I talk about this with my clients too, because I'm like, well, look, like actually like in the summertime, I love wearing sundresses. So it's like super easy to like look dressed up or appear dressed up. Yeah. Um, I don't, but I don't wear makeup on dates because I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> they don't wear makeup normally. So I'm like, mm, I'm just not going to wear makeup. But also I'm like, look, if you're not the type to like get dressed up, then make that work for you by suggesting dates where you don't have to get dressed up, like go to an amusement park or go to on a hike or like, just make it fun and be like, Hey, let's do something crazy. Let's like have like a slumber party dinner or whatever, where we both go to dinner in our pajamas or just something weird like yeah. that. Right. Like it doesn't have to be like, let's put on, I'm thinking about men. Cause sometimes I think it's like one, it's kind of easier for them. And also it's not because like, I just feel like the fashion, like looking good for men can be such a broad spectrum. Right. I've seen like everything, but, <laughs> but like, you know, even if you're not like the, let's put on khakis and a polo and a belt type. Like you can still go out on a date in your like basketball shorts and a t-shirt. You just make the date appropriate to what you're wearing. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, and that's so true. And I think that can also like just bring a whole new element of like surprise and just like creativity, right. Into your dates. And, and that mm-hmm. like almost leads you into like more of something what's authentic for you, because maybe now instead of going to dinner and having like a little formal thing, you're going to like go meet me at the basketball court because I'll be wearing like mm-hmm. my basketball gear. And like, do you know what I mean? So it can like create a lot yeah. more spaciousness for authentic relating. 
Mm-hmm. And it, I think it creates a comfort, right? Because who, well, maybe not everyone, but like, I know. Yeah. Me, <laughs> I would not be comfortable. Like, I wouldn't play basketball. <laughs> yeah. But I'd be like, yeah, I'll come in my like, you know, leggings and like t-shirt or whatever. Yeah. But it's also like, if somebody isn't into that, if they're like, cause I mean like, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe you are someone who sits on their couch all day. Actually, I have a friend who's like, I, he's like an indoors person right like he's a nerd who loves playing video games and he's a like an audio designer or something like in the theater tech world and he tells me all the time he's like I'm an an avid indoorsman right (laughs) I actually love that that is that is one of the things that I'm saving mental note (laughs) I love it I love it but it is just like, if you are not into that, right? Like if you are an avid outdoors person mm-hmm. and you want to go hiking and you want to be active all the time, like if he tells you that you're going to be like, okay, cool. Like you're not for me. Like, like you might be great. Like you might be a great person, but also like, that's not what I want. Cause I want to be yeah. with somebody who is active. Like if somebody said, Hey, let's have our first date on the basketball court and you're not a sports person, you could have a, another conversation about that and what that means and how that might look in your relationship before getting deeper into that. Cause if he's, if like this person is like a big sports, a big sports nerd and you don't want anything to do with sports, but you go on like a traditional quote unquote date where you're having dinner and you're having great conversation and you both like each other. And then like three, four, like five dates or five months in he's like all I do is like watch sports and play sports and you're like where do I fit into this like, yeah 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 exactly. well, guess what? you've just like five months of your life with someone that you didn't even really know totally and it's like it just like saves a lot of like time and and energy and and all of that just like just to be able to like get to the mm-hmm. core of who you are and what you're about and what you like that's amazing and so I'm curious, like how, okay, so how does this like tie into like the whole dating for nerds thing? Like, how do you like piece all of this all together? Like what's, what's like, what does it look like? Like, what does the framework look like when you're, when you're coaching people? Like what are, so you're giving them like the BDSM principles. Is that something that you often do? And like with your work? It depends on who I'm working with and like where they're at with their journey. So a lot of the people I work with don't have a lot of experience dating, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of groundwork that needs to be done. And I kind of like, so nerds are generally the people that I work with. So dating coach for nerds. And what I like to talk about is like, if you don't know, right. And because I work with people who are interested in like ethical non-monogamy, they're like, well, I haven't really had a relationship like that. Right. So I don't know. I don't know like how I want it to look or if I even like it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm like, okay, if you don't know. And again, I know, I understand like this is very edgy for a lot of people, but I'm like, if you don't know, well, then you need to experiment, like be a mad scientist in your dating. And I'm not saying like, keep it ethical, like tell people what you're doing, right? Like, and that you don't know, and that you want to explore these things. And like, you don't have to know going into it. I feel like so often, like we're told, and I mean, like I do this too with my clients, because I'm like, create a list of the things that you want in a partner. 
Mm -hmm. and know that it can change and that the more experience you have that can shift but at least have like a few key things to like kind of keep you on like to come back to you right like as an anchor so you don't get caught up in all the hormones but like I feel like so often we go into dating like I need to know exactly what I want in a partner. And if you're not it, then you're not for me. Or I need to know like if I want kids or I need to know if I want to get married or if I want to take your last name or like whatever, like we feel like we need to know all of these things. And sometimes it's okay not to know because the only way you're going to know is by experimenting. Yes, totally. And, but like, that's the thing. I think sometimes, as you said, like, we're just wanting to know the outcome. It's almost like we're trying to like measure like how safe we can be or like how far out Mm -hmm. of our comfort zone we have to push. It's almost like a little safety thing, right? Totally. Yeah, that's absolutely what it is. And I'll I'll, like give you a little personal like tidbit, right? So loving nerds. (laughs) (laughs) I dated for you so like this is why people need to hire me so you don't take like I started dating when I was 16 and I am I'm 38 now so like it took me almost two decades to figure this out so don't take two decades to figure this out but like loving nerds and really intellectual analytical people I dated like severely introverted people and I don't mean that in a bad way but like I'm very outgoing I love being with people I love networking I love meeting new people I just love being out and about and so like dating introverted people they're like okay that's cool like you can go out and do your thing I'm gonna stay home and like play video games or whatever yeah which is fine and and like I do want people who want to go out with me right like I want to be with someone who wants to go out with me so Fast forward two decades, I'm like, I finally realized after dating my last introvert, I was like, oh, oh, I need to be with someone who's not introverted. I need to be with an extrovert. And then like, because everything's on a spectrum, it's kind of finding where on that spectrum of extroversion, like that, like is like attuned to what I like, what I want and what I need. And yeah, like I'm with an extrovert right now and like maybe a little too extroverted for me sometimes. <laughs> You're like, adjust the spectrum. <laughs> yes, yes, but it's so much better. And this relationship wow. that I'm in right now is so much more aligned because I finally realized, like I looked at my patterns, which is really what I'm doing when I work with people is like right. being that like ob- objective view who can see your patterns because I'm really great at pattern recognition right but seeing the patterns and being like oh look like this is your pattern is this actually what you want like are you okay with this because like if I hadn't made that realization like oh no I really need someone that I can go to parties with and not worry about like whether or not they're having a good time yeah. <laughs> like, it just makes everything right. so much easier and like amazing how that can just change like that one shift like starting with dating, like when you're mm-hmm. almost like looking at your contract and you're like, okay, we're, we're changing like the introvert to the extrovert now, even though like introverts usually what I choose, what I gravitate to. Right. But like making that one change can like radically change your whole relationship. Wow. That's, that's really, really amazing. Mm-hmm. And to be able to like, yeah, absolutely. Analytical and-, and see those patterns for your clients can be so, so, so powerful. Well, and coming back to that, fear piece, right? Mm-hmm. When I looked at it for myself, I real what I realized is that I was dating introverts because it was safe. Like, so I grew up in a very codependent 
incredibly dysfunctional household. And so I have a lot of trust issues in general. (laughs) Um, but, But especially like around like that romantic relationship. And so dating introverts, I'm like, well, if I'm dating someone who's just home all the time, like nothing's going to happen, right? Like right. there's no, like the odds of, right. and I'm not saying like, cause I have been cheated on before by introverts, but like the odds of that happening are much, much lower. Yeah. Whereas like, if I am dating someone yeah. who wants to like go out and have a boys night or go out and like be at the bar just cause, or like is always at parties that I don't necessarily want to go to, like that increases the odds of them meeting somebody that they might like better than me or that they might want to like start a relationship with or whatever. And once I recognized that it was working on, so this is the other piece I I work a lot on with my clients is that mindset piece, because we Mm -hmm. do have all these fears around dating. We do have all of these like ideas that keep us stuck. And so it was really changing the way that I felt about extroverted, like dating extroverted people. And finding safety in that. Yes. Yes. And that's really what it's about in dating is like being able to find and navigate your way through all of these like fears and stories that you tell yourself, right? Cause it can just like cloud everything. Yeah. It can, it can really affect totally. how you choose, how you show up in your relationships or dating. Right. And which parts of you, you choose to hide and which ones you bring to the, to the front. Right. And when it's like too much for you to handle, you're like, uh, uh-uh, I'm good now. Like those are, those are all like different ways of, of, um, patterns that could show up. So I think that's definitely so important is to like, really always go back to that, like actual, like fear piece and, and just take a moment to like, look at like, why am I choosing this? Or like, why does this pattern keep coming up in my life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, <laughs> I'm definitely the type of person who like looks at my fears and then like runs into them head on, but I know yeah. that doesn't work for everyone. So also having this like, so, okay. So coming back to like BDSM and kink when you're scening with someone, which means like when you're playing with someone, right. Right. Um, afterwards, like aftercare is a huge piece of this world. Uh, And I would say like one of the most important pieces, because when you're playing with someone in a BDSM like kink way, it creates a lot of hormones in the body. And the way that the body works is that like, if you're elevating these hormones of like adrenaline and oxytocin and like all of the feel good chemicals, your body's like, no, I want to be in balance. So it starts creating all of the like depressive hormones, right? Right. To like balance. So what aftercare does after you're done playing um, it, it creates this softer landing because mm-hmm. while your body's trying to balance itself out, once you stop playing those hormones, like essentially like go away or dissipate yeah. essentially, like, this is not my area of expertise. So I'm just going to use very lay person language. Um, but your body's still creating those opposite hormones to like continue balancing you out. So there can be like a really big crash. It's called yeah. a drop, like a sub drop or a dom drop. And <laughs> And so when you're done playing, there's aftercare for both parties. So it creates the softer landing. So you can come down off of those hormones and all of that like stuff going on in your body in a much calmer, less roller coastery way. And if you think about it, like one, giving yourself aftercare, like after a date, whether it's good or bad or neutral even, it's going to help you come off of those emotions 
slower and less dramatically. Yeah. And if you like, I know this is really vulnerable and probably super weird for most people, but like, think about, especially if you're on a date where, you know, it's not going anywhere, but think about like, if you ask the other person, like, Hey, like, I don't think this is going to work out, but what do you need to feel complete? Or even like, Hey, this was really great. Like want to see you again. And for tonight, what do you need to feel complete? Like how much more compassion we can show to the other person and ask yourself like, Hey, what do I need to feel complete and express that either to them or yourself and how much more compassion we can have for ourselves. Completely. Because I think it's almost worse when it just like, when there's just like a cutoff or like the ghosting thing, like, mm-hmm. there's just like, I, I think a lot of people struggle with that, like closure piece. And it doesn't have to be like a huge dramatic, like closure piece, but just like, it can even be like an internal thing, right. Or mm-hmm. get it closure or just like as a conversation around it, or just, yeah, that just knowing that like, okay, there's like another human sitting across from me. We don't have to like be in love and date and whatever, but like, there's just another human across from me and we see each other in that way. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Just coming back to that humanity. And it's, it's interesting because I think, so we were talking about like the hormonal roller coaster before, right. And how our body always wants to be in balance. And if you think about it, like if you've gone on a really great date, like think about like how spiked your, or how elevated your hormones are of like adrenaline and oxytocin and all those like love chemicals, right? Like those love hormones. And then, so I, I reference this because my partner, my current partner, like was definitely not a texter. And so I'd hear from him like every three or four days. But if you think about it, if you've gone on a really great date and you have this elevation of like those love hormones and then you don't hear from someone for three days, think about the crash that happens with that. Cause I think a lot of us have been there. Like, oh, what if they ghosted me? What if they don't like me anymore? What if they found somebody else in the span of three days, right? Like if you- Nervous system. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So if text like goes back up again, oh gosh, it's like- Yeah. Actually. it's a roller coaster yeah. it's also like on some level it is fun this is why I'm like we all love drama yeah 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 exactly <laughs> and though think about how much more balanced you would feel if there was that conversation around like this was really great I want to see you again let's set up a date and I'm probably not going to text you for another three days or like yeah you know i I'm busy. Like, I'm not going to text you until like the morning of our date or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, th- I think that's a really, really good, good principle to like bring into dating and just mm-hmm. like apply that because there, there just needs to be like a little bit more of that in, in I, I find like, it's almost like we're going away from, it, especially with like social media and like Tinder and like all these things. It's like quick, 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 go, go, go swipe. Right. So it's like, <laughs> I think there can be the sense of like almost like nervous system, like irritation a little bit going into things like that. Right. Cause it does feel vulnerable, but if you have like these principles for yourself and I think even if you're the person that is bringing that to the conversation, it might inspire the other person might not like, yeah, that's fine. But it it might inspire somebody else to like, okay, I'm going to take that into my next day because I really liked what they did. And it actually made me feel really good. Like spreading that, like, yeah, and cultivation of of new new ways of um, relating with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, and just and coming back to that human piece, that yeah. compassion piece for yeah. everybody. Yes, 
Wow. Amazing. Thank you so, so much. That was, that was such a great talk. And I, I love, I love that you look at it this way. I think you've given such a different perspective on how, on how you can just integrate like some of these principles into dating and how you can approach that. And um, where, where can our listeners find you? Like, tell us a little bit about like where, where they can find you. Like if you're a nerd listening, maybe like where do they go? (laughs) If you're a nerd listening, come find me on Instagram. My Instagram is Carrie Lou coaching. That's K A R I L U coaching. And my DMS are always open. um, But most of my content is on there. I also have a free Facebook group that's private like it's closed so you just have to like answer some questions um and like ask for admission um because i want to keep it like super safe because we're talking about a lot of vulnerable stuff in my group um and the facebook group is called dating for dorks so if you just pop that in the facebook search you'll find it there um and then i also have so a lot of the things that we talked about i actually wrote it into a book so there's an ebook and a workbook and it comes as a bundle and you can find that on my website which is very long so i'm just going to send you that in the chat so you can put it in the show notes um but the book is called dom yourself to better dates and it uses the principles of bdsm to create more trust and compassion and clarity in dating because i think we all need that and we all want that totally it's something that is so so necessary and i think there's, there's not a lot of people that like actually use that as a view to dating. Like that's, it's such a cool, like different perspective. And like, it's almost like a breath of fresh air. And it's, it's really inspiring to hear that way of looking at it. And it, it makes so much sense. So I love that. Thank you so, so much. Um, guys, if you're listening, go check out her website and look at that ebook. And yes, thank you so much, Carrie. I really enjoyed having the chat with you today. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. And that's a wrap on another episode of Getting Intimate. I hope you got exactly what you needed today in this podcast and that you can find more ways to bring more juicy connection to yourself, your relationships, your body, and your sexuality. I hope you're feeling inspired and I want you to remember, take what feels really yummy and ditch the rest. Everything I'm offering on this podcast is in service of your greatest pleasure and thriving. And as the Pussy Fairy, it's my duty to bring you more exquisite pleasure. If you want to get in touch, come find me on my website at www.bazariamenezes.com. And I have tons of ways you can work with me. You can say hi or you can even ask a question. I would be so happy to hear from you. You can also subscribe to my email for a juicy gift and come find me on Instagram at azaria.menezes. Either way, I'm sending you all the juicy vibes for your week ahead.